International. movie connoisseurs i hope you saved room for movies because we've got a nice and filling show for you today i am brett triple x jug dorman and i am courtney papio daniel peterson <laughs> all right is that a character from the movie yeah okay i couldn't papio daniel it sounds like, it like would the be. mayor or whatever it's like oh, the right. Big, right right I love he's them. running for whatever he's running for favorite thing about the movies is the big men in those uh, big pants is covering their big pet bellies yeah. <laughs> That's the best costuming i've seen in a it, movie. once again the coen brothers just knocking the older disgruntled male yeah just character out of, out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> gross old men uh <laughs> so if you're just joining us here's what we're gonna do and if you already have joined us for multiple episodes then you know but you stick with it because you you like you, you know of course. uh well we're gonna give you some appetizers we got some little recommendations or picks of the week or you know apps for you uh and then we're gonna get into our main course which is this week courtney you picked I picked a brother out though. Whoa. <laughs> Excited to talk about it. I can't wait to sing some things for you. I can't want to sing for you. Too. Um, and then we're going to play some dessert. We're going to have some dessert and play some games. Right. It's so, called a tagline. Tagline. Terror. Toss up. Close. Yeah. Um, t- uh, and so then, uh, yeah, that's going to be the show. We're going to talk about Old Brother Where Art Thou. So if you haven't seen it, uh, it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, watch it. Uh, so we're going to talk about it. Spoilers for Old Brother. It's probably one of the most easily accessible movies, too. Like, you can, you know, I was like, oh, where should I watch it? It's like on Netflix. It's on YouTube. It's on like, it's everywhere. And everyone's written a million things about this movie. Yeah, I have a tattooed on my arm. Oh, I can just, dang. at work, sometimes I just wave my arm and, and wave my arm in front of my face. That's awesome. Uh, well, what do you got yeah. for us? What do you got for us? Oh, yeah, Where are some, some appetizers? I know you got a bunch. I got a bunch on my plate too. Well, honestly, you know, I've I've been uh, well. I started. Uh, I watched. I watched the Dave Chappelle. Uh, stand-up specials. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really yeah. want to talk about, I mean, I want to talk about, It's. I, I, and then I started watching a bunch of other stand-up specials, so I watched the Dave Chappelle, everyone's talking about it. Right. Freaking mind-blowing. Uh, both of those specials were insane, okay. the one in Austin, okay. one in LA. Okay. Loved it. And then I saw, Then I watched the Amy Schumer special and the Mike Birbiglia special because everyone's just causing a ruckus on social media yeah. uh, and they're all great actually <laughs> like in different okay. ways okay. but they're all good it's a very exciting time for stand-up comedy right now so I'm wow. like very uh, excited about it but yeah no Dave Chappelle I'm excited profound. for you Is have you really? seen it no I haven't do you like Dave Chappelle yeah okay okay <laughs> <laughs> did you ever watch the Dana Carvey one uh, yeah had, was it good no. no, I mean I don't care. I I can't right. say shit. I'm a terrible open right. mic comedy <laughs> comedian, but uh, he yeah. So he's obviously really talented. I just you know it does. Uh, I don't remember. I'm sure it was awesome. I mean Amy Schumer. Everyone gave her so much shit about it, but then when right. you actually watch it, like I laughed out loud during. Yeah, hers. I don't like her because I read things about her on the internet, and I that's my opinion. Sure. Yeah. No, I get it. She. I did not like the outfit but i oh. loved the comedy uh, she had some great didn't mention anything about dave chappelle's outfit yeah it was great no he 
is so funny. He's, okay. Uh, he touched on so many subjects that I didn't, that oh. I thought were just completely untouchable. You know, not untouchable. Right. Obviously, stand-up comedy is about that, but he went there in so many places that could have, okay. you know, but he just does it in I'll a way where you you got to love him. Okay. I'll have to give it to so many like you said i have to have an opinion on it and yeah. right now my opinion is is that it's great and that's what you just said your opinion is i just want to tell you my appetizer well i do <laughs> <What's your appetizer? laughs> uh, i've got some great ones for you i saw the movie chips what i don't even know what that is oh, courtney courtney papio daniel peterson <laughs> <laughs> chips is a show from the 70s and it had eric estrada and terry Tor- uh, troy wilcox something larry wilcox and it's about motorcycles and they made a movie about it dax shepherd wrote and directed it and Dax Shepard did? Yeah. Okay. It's good. It's fine. And then i saw the movie power rangers how was that it, you know it wasn't bad but it wasn't good it right, was chips better was, yes chips was better so that's that but i recently just rewatched tommy boy and i haven't seen that movie probably since it was on comedy central and i was in high school maybe and tommy boy is a great 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 movie yeah. chris farley you can't go wrong with chris farley so that's my official appetizer is tommy boy it's on netflix if you have netflix which you should because you're listening to a movie yeah. about podcasts watch tommy boy watch tommy boy then dave chappelle watch dave chappelle wasn't dave chappelle in some tommy black sheep type stuff wasn't he in he was in half baked well well all right that's a movie i really remember dave chappelle from being in that was like a comedy farce type of thing yeah kill whitey yeah he wasn't in that one that was black sheep okay okay i don't know well well well, great this is awesome speaking of uh awkward (laughs) race things (laughs) oh brother where art thou yeah very yeah it opens up on yeah it opens up on a bunch of african-american prisoners and then we have our three main characters who are not Mm african-american but um i feel like the coen brothers definitely are tapped into multiple cultures very well I feel like no culture is really misrepresented in mm-hmm. any of their movies. Yeah, they do. They tackle every side with very specific, like detail and accuracy. It's almost yeah, haunting. especially the music. Yeah, dude, the music, yeah, the, the opening killers, music is yeah. for this yeah. one is good. I love. I've noticed. I'm starting to notice more and more with Coen Brothers movies how the opening scene is like it puts you in such a trance, like whatever opening yes. scene they have for any movie. It's always like this big open space and these like really powerful, strong music that just like immediately puts you into their world. Right. And it's almost like hypnotizing. It's crazy. It's very good. And I want to touch upon something that we didn't do last time and maybe the time before that or the time before that, but it's kind of a theme of the show almost is relating this movie to last week's movie. Yeah. Which was no country for old men. Yeah. Um, this movie has a pursuit in it, a a relentless pursuit, right? Right. This movie takes place in the South and features heavy Southern dialect. That's true. They're both trying to get out of like, imminent trouble yes right and the there's hair in the movie one character is obsessed with his hair the dapper dan and one character has an awkward haircut oh yeah my dude with yeah. the weird haircut yep he brought that back i love the haircuts in this one way better 
But it's also so greasy. Everything just seems so greasy in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you notice that? <laughs> yes. They do a good job of like characters' faces and arms and everything is dirty. When uh, when they go visit the first character of the movie, like the kid and his, you know, the cousin type character, it's just like they're, they're only wearing overalls and it's yeah, they I just love. feel like they feel dirty and sweaty and it feels like even though they clearly weren't out working yeah. it feels like they were out like life is hard work corny well i guess it would be that way if you did live in a place that's only like dirt road like you have to yeah. just be constantly covered in dirt if you're traveling by dirt yeah, 100% of the that. time at my job i handle newspapers yeah the moment i'm done touching newspapers i'm like i need to wash my hands Ooh, i feel gross because of the ink because it's gross newspapers are gross have you ever touched a newspaper um not in a long no. time <laughs> <laughs> you should give it a go i was just saying the last time i touched a newspaper is probably i don't know a long time since you when you were watching tommy boy yeah probably. in high school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> paper and tommy boy on yeah i can't imagine uh having to be around dirt all the time no not having showers and stuff sucks yeah sucks so these characters escape our main three characters i didn't write down their names so i don't know george clooney Everett? john Turturro, and tim blake nelson pete and delmar delmar i do know delmar because we'll go we'll get into that later but uh they they go and they kind of they're trying to catch a train very funny sequence yeah what where, a goof troop oh my god <laughs> it's like the three, three students I almost. Know. <laughs> yeah they're always arguing and bickering and um delmar's and, the dumb one pete's yes. the sleazy ish one yeah. but like good heart kind of sleazy yeah. good heart is does he really have a good heart yeah, maybe not. And then Everett's just like the, you know, the showman. Yeah, he's the he's the leader, the the, the de facto leader. Dude does what he has to do. Right. And they go on top of a little one of those little old-timey pushy cart things and there's a prophet who's like oh by the way this is the odyssey and i'm gonna give you some lines from the odyssey and tell you about a bunch of things that may or may not happen <laughs> and uh did you know that this i didn't even know this when i was researching the movie is that it wasn't even originally based on the odyssey like they initially were basing this story on the wizard of oz oh did you hear about that no you hear about, you hear about this uh yeah the wizard of oz was like i guess it was like a whole thing about them uh like trying to find their way home and it was like all about like there's no place like home type Uh, of theme instead of like the odyssey and they never even like before they wrote it they apparently according to sources they didn't even read it and then they figured and then they added it in later (laughs) i don't know it does feel weird because like it it just, it doesn't, like, it's it's like, oh, there's a reference to the Odyssey, but it's not a direct one-to-one ratio. Oh, no, not at so. all. There's a lot of different elements in this that can be interpreted in lots of different ways. Well, that makes them master filmmakers. Definitely. In my humble opinion. <laughs> but, um, I, so I had a question for you, though, like, seeing as we're bringing it up now, this takes place, this, this is based on the Odyssey. Yeah. What if you could, I mean, I'm just going to throw this in there to tie it to the Coen brothers, but like, what if you could have the Coen brothers direct any other, it doesn't have to be the Coen brothers, but what if you could have any other ancient text be made into like a quote unquote modern day movie? Yeah. Ancient text. I mean, my first thought was immediately, which was immediately Oedipus. Okay. So, but I feel like 
Oedipus is like the foundation of pretty much every weird family dynamic movie in a way. Okay, like, yeah, I, feel yeah, like yeah. I feel like you can see it seeping its way into so many modern day movies that, right. Uh, and I'm trying to think of like an example of one where, um, you know, they, the guy's like has a weird relationship with the mom and then kills uh, the dad. Only God forgives. Only well, God he doesn't for- kill the dad, but he has a weird relationship with his mom. Mm-hmm. So another one called like the only one I can think of there's this weird Australian movie called Bad Boy Bubby. Where he's uh-huh. got like a weird relationship with his mom. I don't know about the dad, but yeah, that's the only ancient one that I was thinking of, and I was like, well. uh, you know, maybe make some kind of modern day rom-com out of it. Some kind of rom-com Ooh, thriller yeah. where he's somebody, somewhere where he has to murder the dad. Uh, he doesn't have to have sex with his mom, but it's gotta be something crazy where, uh, at the end he like fights his dad and it becomes the winner. And I was thinking maybe, uh, you know, Justin Long or something. I don't know. <laughs> he All loves right. to do these like weird, yeah, like, like yeah. comedy thriller, like crazy movies. Yeah. I like that. Bringing yeah. Justin Long as Oedipus. Oedipus. Hashtag Oedipus. Eddie. All right. All right. Well, mine is... <laughs> you, thought, you can tell I thought about this so much. So much. Well, okay. Mine is going to be based on the ancient Sumerian text of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh was a king, who, like a ruler who ruled very harshly. So, like, he did great things, but the people hated him. And so the people ple- like pleaded to the gods, hey, get rid of him. So the gods sent down this warrior... And, and, uh, and Gilgamesh fought the warrior. The warrior's name was like Enki, Enkidu or Enkindu or something. And he, he fights the warrior. Gilgamesh wins, befriends the warrior. They become BFFs. The gods become so mad at this that they make the, the warrior they sent down, they make him ill and kill him. Uh-huh. So then Gilgamesh is like, you guys sent down this guy. We fought. We bonded. You killed him. Now I'm going to come and get you. So he goes and he's going to go steal the god's secrets. He goes goes and he kind of steals their secrets but not really like what ultimately what he learns is he kind of learns their secrets but they get away from him and it's very like oh this is some bible stuff because like the snake steals the secrets back and like he crawls away and like it's like oh that's like just garden of eden stuff (laughs) but he learns that basically he can live like he wants to be immortal but he can't be immortal because no one human can be immortal but humankind can be immortal right so my adaptation of this is like a wwe style thing it doesn't have to be the wwe oh that's so cool yeah and jeffrey d morgan plays an aging wrestler you know wrestling terms like face and heel so faces are the good guys heels are the bad guys jeffrey d morgan plays a face and he is beloved by everyone, but this is like pre internet stuff, like stuff. So once the internet hits, everyone's got like smartphones and well, you know, whatever. I mean, internet and smartphones, that's a pretty big time gap, but like once the internet becomes a thing, he like, people are sharing stories of like, Hey, I met this guy at the convention and he was a total ass. So like people start turning on him and they go to his shows and they're like, Hey, I saw a video of you, you know, brushing off a kid who had cancer or whatever. So the fans turn on him. And then he becomes the 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 showrunners, aka the gods, have to like take him down a notch. So they they get this new up and coming guy, Idris Elba, to oh. come in and they fight each other in the ring. But Jeffrey Dean Morgan keeps going off script and he's 
he keeps going like, I'm never going to back down. So like, so like by trying to be more heroic and quote unquote fight the system in the suits, he becomes more and more of a bad guy. Cause everyone's like, just go along with the show. Why are you going off script? So then Idris Elba comes in, they wrestle Jeffrey D. Morgan wins. Idris Elba is like, I got mad respect for you. They become BFFs. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is humbled a little bit and then he wants to become a good guy again through the goodness of his own heart but the showrunners kill off Idris Elba aka write him off of his contract and send him out to like you know doing wrestling shows in high schools so then Jeffrey Dean Morgan is like fuck you guys I'm gonna come for you so he goes and he steals like some top secret documents that that like he can blackmail the guys who are in charge of the WWE and he goes and he's got the papers he's got the secret expose and he's like you know what it's not worth it it's not worth it because what he does instead is he retires in, in shame he's like he he pumps the audience up and he's like i'm gonna die, die, die. and then like he sees the crowd roaring and he's like wait a minute i could do something greater here so he retires in shame and then years later he's dead and we see on tv a, a wrestling hall of fame introduction thing and they're introducing this great legendary wrestler and then idris elba's son comes up and accepts it and so for all of eternity jeffrey dean morgan is going to live in shame but jeffrey d or idris elba is going to live as like this immortal hero so like he sacrifices his own fate for the fate so, so that his friend can be immortalized in hall of fame I'm sorry, Brett. Did you say something? I, yeah. can, can you repeat that? What you just said? Okay. So we open. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, what? I, that was great. That was so. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, I, wow. yeah I love that. I was that thinking idea. about this all day. See, I was now like, I feel, this could be a movie. This see, could now be I feel a like real the movie. Worst podcast partner is, ever. No. No. That was to. really good. This is something. You know what? If you want to get good at this, just keep playing Metal Gear Solid over and over and over and eventually you'll start to work into every single thing you do like okay so this guy's really a bad guy but he's kind of secretly a good guy but he's also kind of a bad guy because that's what metal gear solid is like every single game and i'm just like hey let me take this thing called oedipus where i think it has something to do with somebody having sex with their mom and killing their dad which i don't even know if it has anything to do with i'm just like yeah let's just do that let's just just along. Along. <laughs> i'm literally Ooh. like <laughs> you're like a genius and i'm just like along yeah. for the ride <laughs> uh, so, pinky in the brain you and i well uh so but yeah i like that idea oh thanks so i don't have a name for it we'll just call it gilgamesh why not that yeah. could be a wrestling name or something gilgi old gilgi so <laughs> we go to the home these people have <laughs> back to, to the movie back to the movie well these people have to go and they have to escape from the cops there's this very funny scene where the car blows up and the thing and the kids driving the thing and they steal the car back from the kid it's a lot of antics going on. This movie is very strange because, like, it's the first time we get introduced introduced to that one scary character. Yes, guy. the the we kind of know him later as the devil, right. but we'll talk about that. But uh, this movie is like, oh, it's an adventure romp, and then like, it's like, oh, it's a quiet movie about salvation, and then oh, it's a political thriller. Like this movie's all over the place. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So is this a musical? I can't even right. tell. Is there a KKK song and dance number here? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like I'm having a KKK party. Um, but then we're we're in the woods and we've basically got them kind of bonding and they're they're kind of like 
on you know they're on the run and they're stealing cars and one of the things that they do is they go to uh they they meet up with what's his name tim Mm-hmm. Timmy, Tim in the movie, who sold his soul to the devil, which is a very, like, in the movie, they just accept it. All the characters, like, oh, yeah, you sold your soul to the devil. That's fine. That's a thing that happens. Their movies are very, they do have a kind of folksy, songy kind of, I think Inside Lou Ellen Davis really played on that. Yeah. Right? But, um... They go and they start singing a song. Right. So they, yeah. So they go to like a, a studio and they meet uh, uh, that guy. Steven Root. Steven Root, blind, uh, invites him to, to sing a song. Yes. Uh, says a lot of very crazy racial things. Yes. <laughs> they sing the song and it's a smash hit out of nowhere, even though they just got out of jail. Yeah. And. And they improvise. I'm the sure song? they have no professional training. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they seem very comfortable <laughs> they're in the studio make this awesome song and it's like the it's the crux it's the crux of the whole um like m- how right mainstream this movie became and how popular it was like that song i've never seen a movie where a song yes has been so popular from it and it was a a, a movie a song within the movie made for the movie right it's the most popular movie song of all time. Probably. I would, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't argue with but that. But no, let a me ask you, but now, I know that I am wrong for thinking this. I will admit it up front. So don't get mad and send me your angry tweets. Uh-huh. Does it bother you that George Clooney is not singing and that someone else is singing and not his voice? I mean, it's very, um, it seems very obvious to me. It's very obvious. Yeah, it does seem very obvious. Um, but no, I just love the song so much that okay. I, I was able to just suspend it because the whole thing is just kind of really wacky and right. out there. Uh, everyone has all these crazy voices, so it didn't bother me too much. I bad. think he almost sells it as this idea of like he's a con man who doesn't know that he can do it. So yeah. he's almost surprised that he's singing like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I had the CD when I was a kid too. My dad bought me the CD. Whoa. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I had the soundtrack to this all right. movie. All right. I'm trying to think of movie. I had the soundtrack to Lion King. Uh, it was this soundtrack and then I had Phantom Planet. Those are the only two things I listened to in high school. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, but here's another great question that I have maybe an overly long answer for. If you had to pick two George Clooney characters and give them from other movies and give them a theme song, what would their theme song be called and what type of genre would it be? Yeah. Well, I went with the probably maybe my favorite George Clooney movie and you know don't judge me but I love the movie Solaris okay okay <laughs> you know very dark and yeah. spacey and I called the song the theme song would be Headspace okay <laughs> I like it I like it I like it <laughs> Headspace because you know it's like all about like you know in your head and you're sad and you're in space and you're like right. seeing things uh, definitely the genre would be electronica yes for sure because it's space uh, the second okay. one was um, there's a movie that he was in I'm not sure if you've uh, ever heard of it but it's called Batman and Robin uh, with George Clooney. I've heard of it. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, he plays uh, Batman and the... Uh 
title I gave for this one was uh, "Not the Best, but It'll Do." <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's All the right. title for that theme song, uh, and that would be "Bluegrass." <laughs> okay, I like it. What about you? The, uh, well, so one of my favorite movies. I mean, I have a lot of favorite movies, but one of my favorite movies, especially starring George Clooney, is "From Dust Till Dawn." Oh yeah, he's got a little line in that movie, and that's going to be the the theme for his his character. And the song is called Six Little Friends." And it's a Hank Williams Jr. E type honky tonk song. And the, the, the main line of the movie goes, I got six little friends and they can all run faster than you. Ooh, and so. I didn't know we had to write lyrics. Y- yes. Well, yes. It just rolled off the tongue. That's beautiful. And anytime in the, later in the movie from Dust Till Dawn, when he pulls out his gun, you hear. <laughs> so that would that would be my my musical for that one but then i thought what about a little movie called michael clayton you ever see this movie Mm-mm. so michael clayton is like a fixer kind of guy for a law firm and he starts to doubt himself and he's like maybe these guys are the bad guys so i have an iron man type black sabbath song about this mythical clay it's called the song is called a ton of clay and it's about a giant clay golem that weighs a ton and he guards a castle of an evil king and everyone wants to kill the evil king because he's like a tyrant. So anytime they attack the castle, they have to fight the golem, but he's a giant clay golem and he's unbeatable. So he kills them all. But then his hands become so soaked with blood of his enemies <laughs> that the blood seeps into him and starts running through his veins and through he gains a soul through the consciousness of his enemies and he starts to think you know maybe this king is evil so then and like the final stanza or act of the song he fights the king and he kills him and it's like Ozzy Osbourne is singing it sorry I didn't catch that can you say that I was kidding. okay <laughs> so <laughs> the opening of the song. I'm gonna stop doing that I promise that was really like so it. if someone like I want this to be a song so bad this sounds so badass I love those like Iron Man you know is he alive or is he dead yeah like, like very epic yeah uh, larger than life type of, of music and it totally fits with the tone of Michael Clayton which is like a very lawyery type movie <laughs> it's very good but uh <laughs> Back to the movie. Yeah, we're not going to talk about this movie no. at all. What's, I mean, and it's like my, one of the best ones. Is, is it though? I loved it. I just, I can't get into this movie as much as everyone else. I don't know why it's not George Clooney. It's me. I just thought every scene was just so uh, intense. Like I love the, the, like that weird baptism. Okay. So that's where we're getting to right now, right? Like, like they spend a night camping and then they go and they're baptizing each other. So yeah, it starts off and you like, you don't know what's going on. It's very like mystical almost and culty. Yeah, it's all very magical. Yeah. And so they have these white figures is walking through the woods and they're all just kind of freaking out. They look greasy and dirty and everyone sees this white, beautiful, yeah. clean figures. And so, of course, uh, Pete, you know, he just like, he runs right to it. I love yeah. it when he just like <laughs> runs right forward and wants to get baptized right away. <laughs> so you asked me what's my favorite quote. My favorite quote, hands down, is in this scene when John Turturro is like, well, son of a bitch, 
Delmar's been saved. Like it's so, <laughs> it's so funny because he's swearing in it, which is very unchristian like. But he's also kind of admiring him, and then he goes to get saved because he's kind of like, well, I kind of want to be saved too. Yeah, and it's just just that line of like three convicts and one of them admiring the other for converting to oh yeah yeah so yeah i forgot that with Delmar. <laughs> it's a it's a great line it's yeah. it's that cohen brother kind of like it's not a punchline, but it's funny right which is like the kind of fun like the kind of funny that i feel like you know smart people get <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's a deeper level of just kind of like oh this is very right. perfect you gotta have real well-defined movie taste buds to, yeah to like this kind of stuff yeah, the scene was really good. But then they escape the the river. The, the calm. They, they go and they are looking for a car, and uh, then they they meet up with uh, Babyface Nelson, <laughs> which is another great scene of like again like I feel one of the things I feel like about this movie is like the Coens kind of have this Woody Allen type. Uh, work ethic where they're just like you know what we don't need to make a perfect movie we're just gonna make this movie right now yeah and maybe it'll be really good i would say most of their movies are really good and maybe it'll be a masterpiece we don't know we're (laughs) just gonna make it i feel like this movie and it kind of makes sense now that you said it like hey we're gonna write this movie and oh you know what maybe there's a little bit of odyssey stuff in there i just throw a bunch of odyssey (laughs) stuff in there Babyface Nelson is uh, one of the like yeah Michael Bogoluko. If I were to uh, (laughs) if I were to ever be in this, like if I had a chance to be in this movie or like to do recreation this movie, if I could play any character, it'd probably be that one. (laughs) Because I I can see love to like you know this is sad like like I'm you know babyface, but like then he just shoots them or like you know as he's Tommy because he's like a maniac. Yeah. I, I hate cows. Characters. I hate cows more than I hate coppers. Just mowing cows down. You know what my favorite kind of character is? No. A tiny maniac. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any kind of like small person with this huge like, yeah, let me at him. Let me yeah. at him kind of attitude. All right. Um, uh, yeah. So they're hanging out with Babyface. He gets him to a whole mess of trouble. Yes. They're convicts. They are on the run and they are holding up banks. And they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's the great little, I love that how, that that moment when the little lady whispers, oh, that's baby face Nelson. But he hears it, right? <laughs> like he, it's almost like he can hear anyone from across town whispering it. It sets him off and uh, he becomes depressed almost, right? He becomes yeah, depressed. Like, yeah, he just like, he, he like loses all, because he's like, a, he's maniac. Like he's like right. a, like a, you know, bipolar like he was like oh, some mania and then he was like a high low like uh something like that some yeah kind of bipolar disorder and he kind of and you know there's a little foreshadowing where it's like oh i'm sure we'll see him again and um you know we leave with him super depressed but then we go back to uh the radio station and there's more stuff this is probably did we already hit them when they ran into the women mm, no i have lost track no, because that's coming up. Oh, right. That's, that's okay. almost the next scene, almost. Cool. So uh, the Cohen brothers, if you look at things like uh, they have a little line in um, that we touched upon in Raising Arizona about like Ronald Reagan and just the economy. 
Uh, Big Lebowski has a lot of like, there's like Saddam Hussein in the movie and there's a lot of like politics stuff. This movie has a lot of politics going on. In a it. lot. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, throughout it. I mean, not just, you know, the political parties, like there's like campaigns going on within the movie, but then right. there's all these, you know, those subgroups and the cults and the... Yeah, it's probably their most overt in terms of the politics, even though I don't know. Which I'm, side are you on? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I didn't. Just kidding. This wasn't a question I was prepared for. <laughs> Let's uh, throw at you. So we open on a debate. And <laughs> uh, I don't know. How, I don't know that much about politics, and I couldn't tell you how it works into their movies. But I'm sure that there's probably essays written on the politics of the Coens. Yeah, there is. They're tapped. They're just tapped into so many different. Like they're just tapped into the zeitgeist of human consciousness, and they make some pretty good movies, if you ask. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a little montage. There's more singing. There's more. They're, they're stealing pies and just hanging out, having a good time. Oh, yeah. I think they're telling their stories about what they're going to do with the money. And yeah. in comes big old John Goodman, right? No. This is not the This part. is the sirens. The sirens come first because we got to have the, the horny toad. Okay. So the sirens come and it's very out of place almost. It's very, like, they've got this almost, like, they're hitting their towels or their shirts or whatever against the rocks, and they're singing, and they're singing the same three lines over. I don't know. I just yeah, feel there's like, like this, washing so clothes. this movie isn't for me, but and I can still appreciate it. Pete's just drooling. They're all just drooling. Yeah, they're just right. these little... And they're drinking... Witchy ladies. Liquor out of those giant triple X jugs. Jugs. Um, and then we, yeah, so we got the sirens. We wake up. Two of them are passed out, and one of them is missing. Mm-hmm. But so wait a minute. One? His heart's beating. <laughs> out jumps a little horny toad. You guys have already seen the movie. You know what we're doing. So out jumps this frog, and it's very funny because... Oh, Delmar. Delmar just gets like... Again, like people can sell their souls to the devils. Why can't sirens transform people into animals? Like, Of course. Um, it's just... Were the sirens representative of any... Like, I don't even know in the... Uh, temptation. Temptation, right. I don't know. Okay. So, sure. Uh, it's... It, but it seemed weird to me that, like, they didn't want anything from them. Like, there was no danger. There was no consequence for saying... It was just like, oh, one of them gets kidnapped, kind of, because he ran off naked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, they didn't steal the car or anything. Uh -uh. But one of the other good lines is... Uh, I don't know. I have it written down. But, uh, oh, it's... Uh, I'm not sure that's Pete. Of course it's Pete. Look at him. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> of course, if you look at him. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson just, I think he kind of steals the show in this. Like a lot of his stuff is kind of done off screen. He's got this really dopey look on his face. There's one part where they're singing and he's just sticking his tongue out and he just <laughs> looks so dumb, but he's like a little golden retriever or puppy or something. Like he just, he's so lovable, but yeah, <laughs> he says the most perfect things every yeah. time. <laughs> um, and this is the scene. Where then they go to the restaurant. They're trying to order food. They're trying to be all fancy, but they clearly stick out. And because they're greasy, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, greasy men eating greasy food. Uh, and in comes the Cyclops, right? Yes. Um, 
So the Cyclops in I took I took a little mythology course when I was studying stuff in school one time, and mm-hmm. the Cyclops has this really great like rant kind of this like curse that he puts upon Odysseus, where he's like, "You're like even though you've defeated me, you're never gonna get home. You're never da da da." Like this is the last. Like he's so cool. Mm-hmm. So. Who could possibly play someone so mythic, so epic, yeah, so awesome, larger than life? Yes, than John Goodman. Oh my God, is like again, again, John Goodman. Another example of the big pants over the big. <laughs> Another example of John Goodman in a Coen Brother movie acting, s- s- like not solely, but in certain parts, acting solely through screaming. Yeah, there's like I like I don't know if I could if there's someone else like angry and gluttonous and sweaty and you're just like Ugh. how's he not dead? Yeah, he is gross when he's eating the chicken. Oh, the I bone know, I know. He, yeah, yeah. Um, but he kind of like he he throws him for a loop. He takes he tears that branch down and I just love when he knocks out Delmar. He knocks him over. He's like, "Hey, what, yeah, <laughs> hey, what's going on, Big Dan?" Yeah. <laughs> Bam, and the corn comes flying out of his mouth. Like this movie is funny. It's so good. It, it is very quotable too. Uh, when he just when um um uh. <sighs> John Goodman is telling him like, oh, you got the gift for gab too. Or he says to Delmar like, you know, you're not a man who says it's something often, but when you do, it's to the point. And I respect you for that. Like, <laughs> it's very quotable. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. Like, there's never a dull moment in the movie. Um, but he takes one, he's, he squishes the frog. Very sad for Delmar because he thinks that his friend has just been murdered. But um, he just disappears. Yeah. Just poof. Off he goes. He towers over them, just walks away. Steals. Steals their car. So once again, they're left without a car. Um, And we go to... uh, This is a part where they... they, We find out that it wasn't... That... uh, that, What's his name? Pete? Pete wasn't a a frog. No. He was kidnapped. He He was captured. And now he's about to die. And I... They should have to save him. I should have written down his name, but the guy from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, the old angry army captain, oh, like, yeah. like <laughs> that guy comes in and he's like, you know, oh, we're gonna hang you up, da da da, and he's you know giving him some some real creepy stuff. Tim from earlier in the movie described the devil as being a white guy with a hat and a dog. This is the devil. Yeah, and this is. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because this is your favorite topic, I feel like. I love movie. movie devils. You love movie devils. We've talked about this a lot. I was excited for to do this movie because I was like, we're going to talk about devils. Yes. And I wanted I, to hear your take on this devil compared to other devils that we've talked about already. Well, he's a much more metaphorical devil, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's yeah, but still very Right. He's, he's much more metaphorical in the sense of like, what's his name from... Um, uh, raising Arizona was like a metaphorical kind of like, oh, this is uh, Nicholas Cage's past catching up to him. Like this is their their sins, their prior sins coming to catch up with them. That even though they've been part later in the movie, even though they've been pardoned, they still can't escape the things they've done. That at right. some point they will have to it's answer. They're going to sniff it out. The right. So. I wanted to ask you if there was any because he's a good guy in the movie. He's a cop. But he's not a good guy. Yeah. He's the devil. So what a what a mind fuck. Yeah. Cause it's an authority figure. That was the weirdest 
<laughs> I'm shocked that anyone could do something like that. I feel like we're stretching so hard to make this show so charismatic that we're just getting into weird accents now. Uh, mind fuck. Mind fuck. fuck my mind. Uh, okay. Yeah, because he's a cop. This fornicated with my gray matter, Corny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if um, if you could pick any lawman from a movie now there are plenty of it so I want to see what route you went there are plenty of examples of lawmen in movies with a bad side yeah that's what I did all right <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna judge you a little bit, but go Why? ahead. Why? Go ahead. Because no, I. Because it's too easy. It's too easy. It's too easy. But go ahead. Go ahead. Well, who am I gonna pick? For, you know, Eddie Murphy or or. or uh, I thought about it. No, I didn't. About it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like who's like a good cop. You know, <laughs> the Family Matters. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I picked uh, Harvey Keitel, uh, bad lieutenant. Okay, I'd never seen it. Whoa. Oh, it could also be Nicholas Cage's bad lieutenant too. Yeah, uh, that was really. Did you see that one? I did not. Okay, well, those are you know those are they're they're just very kooky, crazy, bad side, uh, druggy, okay. failed. But Harvey Keitel would make a good kind of yeah. Harvey Keitel would, would make a. He great, plays a little bit of like and a slime and evilish twist manipulation. In from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, Ooh. that's true. So uh, so did you? Is are you judging too hard there? No, because Harvey Keitel, you can't go wrong with him, right? He would knock that... Uh, what if I had said the cop lot. from Terminator? Mm, <laughs> yeah, I'd be real super judgy on that one. Okay, what if I said Ace Ventura? He's a cop, right? No, he's not. <laughs> or a detective. That's no. I said cop. I said police officer or lawman. He's not. He's neither one. He's a detective. One. No, he's a private detective. That does not make him a lawman. He's not sanctioned by the law, by the, by the government. He's working for himself. All right, fine. Doesn't count. Good thing you didn't say it. Okay, fine. All right, who's your pick? Uh, and don't pick like eight. <laughs> <laughs> like you have, what are you, you have at least about? eight uh, examples. <laughs> okay, so lethal weapon one, <laughs> lethal weapon two. That counts for four. Um, who did I pick? I can't even remember because nah, you favorite. really didn't. Really, this is your the devil question. You can't even remember. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, stealing a little bit of thunder from last week's episode, Mr. Tommy Lee Jones. Not from that movie, though. Um, from Men in Black. From, <laughs> Just kidding. No. From The Fugitive. Uh, great guy. Very, very in command. You know, his his opening scene where he's like, I need 14 dogs over here. I want a perimeter set up here. I want APB sent out. I want helicopters up in those skies. I want this thing. Like, he's just bam, bam, bam. Like, if you had a devil who came in and was just like, I know all your sins and here, let me list them off. Like, that'd be pretty intimidating. Ooh. Right? And when it's like, listen, I didn't, you know. It would I, take an auctioneer to list off all my <laughs> sins. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and that scene of like you know oh, I'm so sorry I repented I don't care you know you got that little mm. line thrown in there and I've been watching a lot of Justified lately Timothy Oliphant plays a US Marshal and so I've been really on this like US Marshal kick I still don't know what they do something about just like witness protection and fugitives but uh, <laughs> I'm very confused on that but uh, yeah so we've got more stuff about the the politics about the reform party there's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on about these men trying to like it's very like especially in today's political climate like they're they're not selling the points they're just creating a show right exactly and uh mm -hmm. you've got a midget and he's 
he's fighting for the small man and sweeping up things and there's this it, it comes out of nowhere but there's this like no place like home where oh my god those are my girls like really are they your girl like no really they're my girls and he meets up with holly hunter bonafide bonafide <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite he's um, bonafide once again the coen brothers like just latching on to a a, a sentence or a word and straight like milking that for every ounce of milk that <laughs> that it's worth that the cat it's very funny um so yeah, they meet up with with his wife, and it turns out he's got a wife. And then it comes out later that like that's the whole thing. He just wanted to meet his wife and win his wife back. Yeah, I just wanted to come home. That's crazy. So he got all that had all that gel in his hair. Yeah. He was ready to show off. Um, but yeah, that's you know. But she's moving. She doesn't right want to mess with them. So they go to a movie theater, and they're whispering in the movie theater like, "Don't seek the treasure." There's <laughs> there's a lot of moments, and like later in the KKK part, there's lots of moments where characters are whispering to each other, but they're like shout whispering, yet no one else around them can hear. Like I just <laughs> it, that that really you know like we thought you was a toad. Like <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so they have to go like. You can't just leave leave him behind, right? You got to go rescue him. So they go and rescue him. I love that part where you know once again Delmar stealing the scene. He's not even on camera for most of the time, but he's just like, oh, my legs can't hold up. Oh, yeah. and then he's just like, oh, there they go. And he falls <laughs> over. Um, so we got all three of them back. Now my question for you is: now that we've reunited the gang together, let's get rid of them. Okay. What if we could replace these three characters with any other three characters from a Coen brother movie? Okay. And like you could pick obviously multiple movies, multiple characters from multiple movies, but okay. I want to see how you took this one. Yeah. I took, um, I actually forgot the one thing, but, uh, I took for the three that I picked, I picked, uh, Margie's husband from Fargo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 The Zodiac killer. Yeah. Wait, what was that? Wait, what's his name? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, him. Uh, and then the uh, uh, the dude, Big Lebowski. Okay. He's going to be in there too. Uh, yeah. He's going to slow things down probably. Right. Uh, he's that. They're both kind of sluggish. Yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got another fat guy. Uh, uh, why is his name something? The gangster from Miller's Crossing? What the... Yeah, the guy who gets really, you know, don't give me the hi-hat. That guy? Yeah, what's his name? I, I forgot. Remember. Those are my three. Okay. Um, just, you know, just to, you know. So you got like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Tweedledee, Tweedledum. And then you got the guy who's like The tiny maniac. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's, when you said that, that's, that should have been the first thing that I thought about. Yeah. The so small great guy with the two big movie. doofs in the back just yeah. being like, what? I guess so. <laughs> the Draco Malfoy thing where he's like, yeah. like the two doofs. Um, all right, that would work because you have a character who has a very set, clear goal, and then you have these two characters who are sent out to kind of accomplish that goal, and they bumble into each other mm -hmm. and bounce around, and next thing you know, everything goes wrong in the character, and that guy from Miller's Crossing, he can keep up with it, right? Yeah. Just uh, I like movies where things go wrong, where main characters are over their head and things keep going wrong, but they, they keep coming up with a new plan. I do See, like that kind of stuff. 
Except funny when you say that, I always think of like Meet the Parents. I'm like, ugh. Like, things just keep going. I wrong. think of like Mission Impossible <laughs> Four when like, oh, he's got to climb the thing, and then oh, his glove doesn't work, and then oh, he's got like, like that movie is just about things going wrong. I love that. So movie is Meet the so Parents. Much. Well, okay. <laughs> everything goes wrong. Yeah, but he doesn't have a plan for it. it things just keep going wrong, and he just keeps getting mud flung in his face that's not about a character overcoming the obstacles that's a character going through that's just a character like being drowned by obstacles oh yeah that's different okay i see what you're saying but uh for me i picked i wanted to go with a um a kind of similar sort of theme of like three different characters so what i picked was i picked um for my leader I went with another Miller Crossing guy. If you're going to go with any sort of smart character, you got to go Miller's Crossing. But I picked the Dane. So J.E. Freeman. He's so good in that movie. And he's like, he would be a convict, right? Like George Clooney is very lovable. And he's like, oh, oops, tax, lawyer fraud. But in this movie, like, no, he really would be threatening. And you'd have a scene where like some of that starts to show. Uh, I picked Ray from Blood Simple. Have you ever seen Blood Simple? Mm -mm, I haven't actually. It's a good movie. It's, It's so good. But he's like a very kind of aloof character. Like, he's kind of like the dude, but without the hippie attitude. He's just very, like, go with the flow and very slow. And he's kind of like Eeyore, you know. Do-de-do. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sleeping with you and your husband's coming over. Oh, I guess I should <laughs> leave now. That's what the movie is. And then I picked, how could I not? You got to have a a, a a talker in the movie, right? Like a fast talker. So, Steve Buscemi. Oh. Fargo, Carl Showalter. You, yeah, you, you like, yeah. That's so perfect, actually. Yeah. I feel like this movie would definitely, because Showalter, all three of them have Do you feel like he was missing crimes. from this movie, Steve Buscemi? No, because, and here, we'll get into it later, but no. Did you know that J.K. Simmons uh, turned down a role in this movie? Whoa. Isn't that crazy? I think he was offered a role just inside Gossip. About the Coen brothers that I love to know about. Uh, yeah, I think he, I forgot which, it was one of like the really, really bad guys though, the one of the super racist guys, but then he ended up like turning it down. Not even oh, I can see it. him as the politician, right? <laughs> yeah, it might have been that. Yeah. All right. All right. A little tip for you. Well, then he showed up in Lady Killers. Yeah. Yeah. So good choice. Great in that movie. One hundred twenty made more money in. (laughs) Just kidding. Um. So now what happens? They go. They meet up with the KKK. They have to save their friend. John Goodman shows back up. Mm -hmm. What? That was so cool. How his KKK mask only had the one eye hole. Oh, I know. That was scary. And then like it just like does the reveal, and you're just like whoa. And the uh, the little like those are like king size sheets at least. (laughs) Yeah. For, uh, so that little big. depth perception play where like he snaps the the flag right in front of his face and it's like oh like he only has one eye like how could his depth perception be that uh, good? it's so scary then they the whole they, s- I got scared actually like, kind of I could not movie. imagine like if I was in that like what like how terrifying just utterly terrifying of like I like you know when you saying I didn't do anything like we don't care. Yeah. And like just the spectacle they put on about it and stuff is no, thank you. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's a really bizarre scene. Cause like, Oh, it's the guy, it's the politician that everyone loves. And then they sneak off and they have to like break into this dinner thing and they have to sing a song. And it turns out like, 
That's where they get what part. a climax. Okay. Yeah, what? That's where is that where they get part? No. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah, they come in, they start singing their song, and George Clooney's trying to get back with his wife, and she's not having it. But the guy, her her husband, her fiance, her fiance, <laughs> he, <laughs> he uh, he's supporting the one guy and running the campaign, and they're trying to da da da. All this stuff starts happening. All the storylines start coming together. The guy goes, "Hey, this guy, you know." these guys are bad they hate the kkk and then everyone else is like so do we which is kind of i mean not for nothing but like they're in mississippi in the 1930s like ah like it, it just seemed a little weird to me that like everyone was so anti-kkk in that diners in that dinner scene right or no i don't know it seemed like it could have gone either way yeah but luckily but for in us, mississippi right you don't know. That's but then they hoist him out on his own petard. Petard or petard? I don't know. Uh, and then they start, the guy starts coming up and dancing with him and saying, hey, the Soggy Bottom Boys, because no one knows who they are. <laughs> yeah. And um, like, again, the Coen brothers like telling story through like little lines of headlines of you know, newspapers that if you don't get it, like, oh, there's a little payoff. Oops, too bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, the flood comes in later too. Where oh it's like, yeah. Like they kind of mention it once and it's in a newspaper once. So then, it's all religious. Yeah. <laughs> so they get pardoned and they, he, the husband is not going to be the husband anymore, but George Clooney is going to be the husband again. So mm-hmm. they got to go and get the ring. And that's when they meet up. With the devil. Mm-hmm. And the devil. Scary. He don't got no radio. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, it's a great scene. It is very scary. Does and the graves. Ooh. I do, I do like that imagery and stuff. Of, you know, the men singing for the, like, I, I always like in movies, and this is why I love the movie Smoke and Aces, and I think it's a great movie. Everyone should go see it. Rush out. Don't uh, uh, run. Don't walk to your nearest Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke and Aces is such a good movie. I love movies where characters die and opposing characters who want to kill each other are killing each other. But in the moment of death, they're like, like at the, well, spoilers for the movie heat, but you know, in heat, (laughs) it's like, like they're holding hands and it's like, Oh, we're enemies, but I'm going to hold your hand while you die. Um, I love movies like that where they were like, Oh, you're going to die. I'm sorry. So they sing almost a nice song, but then they start repenting and, and then the big whoosh. The big whoosh. The big flood comes in. Uh, also, that was in the Gilgamesh story. The Gil- Gilgamesh learns about the flood, which happened. Oh, yeah. Can you just tell me that story one more time? I just okay. really quickly, I need to I need a refresher of that story. I'm kidding. <laughs> so we open in Madison Square Garden. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, the flood comes, and that's a big, fun mess. Yes. You get to see lots of things floating around, lots of good imagery in these scenes. The dog. Uh, dog. The cow is on top of the thing, just like the guy said at the beginning. Yeah. And, um, and he gets the ring, but oops, it's the wrong ring. And it's all, it's all wrapped up very nice and neat, even though it, like, it, there's no buildup to it almost, but it's like, oh, that's a satisfying ending. It yeah. feels like a song. Like in songs, you don't go like, oh yeah, right. That would be the ending of the song. I'm, you know, I'm glad that got wrapped no, up. No, it's like it fades out. But yeah. This movie was like a fade out kind right. of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this is your favorite Coen brother movie. No, it's not. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fargo is, but I think it's one of the ones. Okay, so when I say things like it's probably one of the best, it, this means the one that I've seen the most. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So I wouldn't say comparatively, you know, I would have to, you know, analyze them and do some more uh, scientific experiments. But I like them, but I used to these. watch it a lot just because, like, yeah. my dad really loved the movie and we would just, he just had it on DVD and I would just, like, watch yeah. it probably 10 times. I've probably seen it. Okay. That's a lot. When I was a kid, though. Yeah. I uh, forgot a lot of things. Now I'm looking at it now and I'm like, wow, like, why was I, I didn't, like, I didn't get all, any of that stuff before when I watched it. I was just like, oh, they're singing and dancing and there's yeah. just like dirty men just running around doing, getting all sorts of mischief. But now you feel like your soul's been Could have been the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Yeah. So are you willing to bet your soul that you can win this week's tagline toss up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to bet my soul to Donna. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was having yeah, a great like, time. I feel like Donna's got a collection of souls <laughs> that she's collected from different podcasts. Uh, well, let's get into it, okay, shall we? Okay, yeah, let's do it. So, for people who don't know, this is where we each have taglines for different movies, and we've each picked two movies, and we have to guess which one is the real movie. And we get points, and at the end, something good will happen. Tagline tirade. Let's do this. Oh, boy. Do you want to go first this time? Yes, I would love to. Yeah, I wonder. I don't even know what the score is. I'm excited to see. I know you've you've killed me like the last two times at me. Uh, I feel like it's close, but it's probably not. You're probably winning. Here we go. Ready? Uh, yeah. They're deserters, rebels, and thieves, but in the nicest possible way. Is that Three Kings or Ocean's Twelve? All right, one more time. They're deserters, rebels, and thieves, but in the nicest possible way. Three kings. Oh, yeah. Ocean's 12. Three kings. All right. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> like you tried to throw me off by sounding like you work in a casino. <laughs> <laughs> Working in a nice game. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, the tie-in for that? George Clooney. Oh. Am I right? Also, I guess three people on an adventure. Whatever. I'm not going to tell you my theme yet until the end because I feel like last time it ruined it for me because yeah, you were I was like, like I know what you those. sneaked him out. <laughs> you were like, this is, I knew this was the inspiration. Uh, so my first one tagline is go with your heart. Mm. Is that wild with Reese Witherspoon or into the wild? <laughs> I feel like it's wild with Reese Witherspoon. It's not. It's what? In, it's into the wild. Go, oh, go with no. your heart. Which is weird because like he dies. So, like, like, and he also doesn't <laughs> go with his heart. Like I feel like Reese Witherspoon is on like a spiritual yeah. adventure of like and recovery. And she has her heart filled. And, and then, then he's she, like, like I don't like people anymore. So he goes off and it lives and alone. And some poison ivy. And then he just dies. It. So like go with your heart and die. Whatever. I don't know. I thought that was good, though. Well, you yeah, got good, me. Got you. That was a trick one. <laughs> Ready for this one? Uh, yeah. America's Most Wanted. Escape from New York or Public Enemies. There we go. 
Escape from New York? No! Oh, I should have gotten that one. I thought it was going to be a trick question. Nope. The movie is uh, Public Enemies, a Michael Mann masterpiece? Question mark? Not really, but it's a good movie. Oh, is that the... Christian Bale and uh, Johnny Depp. Did you like that? I, I could did. not. I couldn't... That movie was bothersome to me because I couldn't... I hated how digital everything looked. looked I loved it. I didn't I like loved that. it. I love Michael Mann and I love his film style. I love his look. And I like how I that movie... I wanted some filters on it. Like, put some sepia tone on this shit. Come no. on. Did you know that uh, that uh, Old Brother Where Art Thou was like one of the first movies to be entirely digitally manipulated? Entirely digitally colored. Yeah. Because they were saying like in Mississippi how it's like too lush and too green. They like right. made it look dusty and greasy. Yeah. So it's... I think this movie and like... <laughs> Uh, Phantom Menace were like the first two movies to be t- completely put through a computer and digitally manip- maybe this is like 90% and Phantom Menace is yeah I couldn't that, that took me out of it but. so much because it just felt too real so I couldn't suspend my belief enough in the movie to enjoy it because I was just like why is this too this is just too crisp what are you talking about? Phantom Menace? No, Public that Enemies. That movie looks too crisp. <laughs> I thought this was a prequel, but everything looks nicer. Um, uh, so, uh, Sorry, yeah. I was back and the tie-in is Babyface Nelson. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. nice. There you go. Um, Bank Robin. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, this one is Paradise Has Its Price. Mm. Is mm. that... Dirty Dancing Havana Nights or The Beach? The Beach. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a great movie. Actually, I think actually I think there was a different tagline that I was going to use which was like Paradise Found, Innocence Lost. And that oh. would have made more sense for Dirty Dancing. Maybe. I probably still would have picked The Beach. Yeah, you know I've seen The Beach 6 times, right? Whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I love Alex Garland and Danny Boyle, but that movie did not. Daffy Duck is a plays yeah. a big part in that movie. Yeah, I don't know. I got really into it for a time. Me and my brother just watched it a lot. Oh. Why? Whatever floats your Six boat. Six times. Uh, he's coming to save the world. Is that? I can't. Like, is that Orgasmo or Meteor Man? Uh, Orgasmo. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming to save he's the world. He's coming to save all of them. Are uh, like he's okay. making sex safe again or something. Uh, and the tie-in for that one is like religious orgasms. Nice. Okay, here's my next one. A family on the verge of a breakdown. A family on the verge of a breakdown is the tagline. National uh, Lampoon's Vacation. Close. Uh, but these ones are uh, Little Miss Sunshine and The Kids Are All Right. It's got to be Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Because yeah, they're right. in a van. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the breakdown part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Good job. The kids are You're all doing right. pretty good. I don't know. I'm just worried about You're my soul right good. now. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, here we go. Punishment comes one way or another. Is that dread or true grit? True grit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to pick it, but I was looking I was looking for movies with characters with eye patches, and none of them had good taglines. And even the the um the the John Wayne version of this is like 
watch John Wayne be a cowboy. And you're like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. Like, so, like, if you pick a movie before 1980, the tagline is most often just going to be like, this movie has scenes that will make you go yay. Like, <laughs> what? Like, I don't know. A I like spectacle those. for the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I saw Chips and I walked into the movie theater and I thought the tagline was Chip Happens, I knew I was in for a good time. Damn, chip happens. Uh, some chips now. Go ahead. Uh, this next one is <clears throat> leave normal behind. Is Donnie that- Darko? Ghost World. No. No, but you know, very close. No. Uh, the first one is the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Uh, Everything is illuminated. What's the tagline again? Leave normal behind. You did a real good job picking movies here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Secret Life of Walter Mitty or Everything is Illuminated. I feel like Everything is Illuminated is the right answer, but I'm going to go with Walter Mitty. Mm, yeah, you he, fucked up. He's so crazy in the movie. <laughs> no, it's so no. like, he's weird. Like, what's his name? Elijah Wood is weird in that movie, but it's not about him leaving normal behind. It's about him never having it right, right. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyways no. it's everything is illuminated well whatever uh which in high school Fine. i thought was way cool it's Ooh. a good movie yeah right? okay what do you- bit, i haven't seen it since high school so maybe i got to give it the old tommy boy treatment yeah uh here we go things fall down people look up and when it rains it pours is that the movie magnolia or the movie everything must go one more time. Things fall down. People look up. And when it rains, it pours. I'm going to say, <laughs> even though I want it to be Magnolia, I'm going to say it's everything must go. Yeah. It's uh, Magnolia. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it does seem like some cheesy thing that will, because that was a, everything must go is the, it's the Will, Will Ferrell, Ferrell where, where he's he just to like down on his, his luck, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> living yeah, on the yeah. yard. And the tie-in for that is the frogs. It rains frogs. That's what I, that's what I was thinking. And of. it's like holy divine thing, but also frogs like horny toad. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> horny toad. <laughs> uh, here's my last one. Alrighty. Uh, the only thing more surprising than the chance she's taking is where it's taking her. Is that Eat, Pray, Love? I was going to say Eat, Pray, Love. God damn it. Or Under the Tuscan Sun. Eat, Pray, Love. It's Under the Tuscan God. Sun. <laughs> and my uh, theme for all these were uh, adventure. Whoa. <laughs> Slow down Oh, no. There. I think I typed in movies, movies, movies with the journey. <laughs> I think that was like. <laughs> movies. You just went to Google and typed in movies. With the journey. And then pressed enter. And then I saw all these movies, looked up all their taglines and went from there. You went into Google and typed in movies with three X. <laughs> <laughs> movies with a protagonist. <laughs> what would happen if you typed in, what's the first movie that you signed me raping movies with a protagonist? Uh, while you're looking that up, let me go ahead and plug Body Tape International. You can go to bodytapeintl.com to look at all their wonderful podcasts. They have so many. Or just go to iTunes and type in that. You don't even have to know the name of the podcast that they have. Uh, also, our theme song comes courtesy of, yeah, Pete Johnson. You can go to Yeah, Pete Johnson to find more of his work. 
Courtney yeah. Peterson. Yeah, you know, Can think- you name one movie with a protagonist? Yeah, you know the first thing that pops up? <laughs> what? Jaws. B- bam! <laughs> what? <laughs> it's Captain America. America. Right. This is the Looks first like movie little, that pops up when you type in movie with soldiery movie action. with a protagonist. The number one answer is Captain America, which you know, salute you know, to you, Google. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, I guess <laughs> if there's gonna be one, it's gonna be Captain America, uh, the Star Spangled protagonist. Right. Uh, Prom- yeah, do you anything promote? You got anything coming up? I don't really. I just have my one good thing uh, for Tommy Boy chicken or chicken i love that line in that movie that was my one good thing for that movie i try to write one good thing about every movie i see uh how about you do you write anything about movies or do you just like do comedy stuff pretty much do comedy stuff but uh sometimes i'll talk about movies sometimes um but i don't have i don't know depending on when this is released i don't really know but you should check me out on twitter uh, Courtney Covia, uh, you know, find me on Instagram, Courtney WLS. Just reach fifteen thousand followers. Whoa, that's a I'm lot. Excited. Yeah. I just posted a video today of me slapping oatmeal, like wet oatmeal. That uh, sounds delicious. Yeah, no, it was weird. Everyone's like, "Can you take this down?" Yeah. So I took it down because <laughs> it freaked everybody out. They're oh, like, "Why no. you? Why?" Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. There's no mark. I feel like there would be a mark. I just learned about ASMR videos. Yeah, see, that's what ago. I think. Like, I did. I used to like, like yeah, yeah. I love that like weird sound. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I just sometimes I'll take food and I'll just like take a spoon and I'll just be like, <laughs> like really, really fast. I'll yeah. show you that video. Show so video. Uh, we were talking about the movie Chips earlier, and last time we we said what. If, uh, what if No Country for Old Men was a dip? Do you have a dip for this one, Corny? If No Country for Old Men was a dip? No, we talked about that one last okay, time. Okay, if... If, <laughs> if Oh Brother Where Art Thou was a dip. Uh, what did I say for No Country for Old Men? A guac, a little spicy guac. A little spicy guac. I think for... I think Oh Brother Where Art Thou would be... You have a little, little dish, a little side dish for this one? Yeah, I think this one would be like a... A buffalo chicken dip. Okay. For sure. Like a real, a real cheesy, greasy, Ooh. kind of, you know, just one color brownish. This is making me sick. So, but so good <laughs> and salty. Let's go and back just... to talking about slapping oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> Can I play the Okay. So we open on a bowl. A giant spoon comes slapping down. Okay. Let me see. Can even... You <laughs> can't even hear it. Anyway. I feel like there's got to be a market for that. There has I can't to be. believe you took it down. You could be. You could be. Uh, still on Snapchat. You could be okay. Courtney the food slapper Peterson. <laughs> okay. Oh uh, yeah. So that would be. Oh uh, yeah. That'd be good. Uh, yeah. I gotta remember that for next time. Is to yeah. have a food thing. Okay. Might so be a recurring question. What about you? I don't. You don't I have don't one for no food that well. I don't like food. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> the look Courtney's giving me. Every time you say that, like, I like you. I want to immediately go to A and W fast food place across the street, and <laughs> it's just like you are a soulless human being, and I know that because I won this week's tagline toss up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what are we watching for next week? Well, I think we're going to be watching because we might be having a special guest. <gasps> no way. Yeah, way. Cool. Uh, a serious man. Okay. Yeah, this person I hear. Uh, this comes to me uh, through the grapevine that this person specifically wanted to talk about a serious man, not any other Coen brother movie, this movie. 
This movie specifically. So, Man, how many episodes have we done now? We only have a I few more. And there's still so many Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> many. Before the end of the season. <laughs> We've got, we're missing some big ones. So I feel like we got to leave some out for next time. Right. Yeah. Okay. But a serious man, I'm excited about it. Let's All do it. Right. And uh, Brett, don't forget. Yeah. To <laughs> save room for movies, Brett. All right. Milking that. Thought you were going to gonna oh, no. charge in there. I let you take uh, that one. Thank you so much. By the horns, yeah. Goodbye. International.